This is the Trophy Room, aka Trophy Room Radio. I am your host, Brett Hammer, wherever you are on this magnificent Monday. Thank you for making me part of your day. Coming up, could one NBA team win two championships in one season? Some people think one current NBA star may be greater than the great Tim Duncan. Why is Tom Brady in news again? Is it fake news? Plus, are the commanders just this decade's Cleveland Browns? There's new news, and we'll get to all of that with you. But as you know, it is way too hard to buy quality graphic tees these days. You look it up, all you get is sketchy third-party products on Etsy and eBay. None of it's real. Game Changers is throwing a wrench into all of that. Game Changers is a real company that puts real quality in the phrase. You get what you pay for. it. They make high-end quality shirts with all your favorite NBA and NFL teams and players, as well as rappers and other culture icons. If you head over to GameChangers.LA, you can use promo code HammerTime23 for $10 off. That's capital H, HammerTime23 for $10 off. They are always uploading new shirts. They are always changing, so to speak. So, always good things going on over at Game Changers. I just saw uh, one of my buddies just got one for his birthday. Got the new Josh Allen one. So, yeah, just keep on rocking with Game Changers. Shoutouts. Um, we won't spend a whole lot of time on this one because... Uh, it's spring semester already, people. Isn't this crazy? This is ridiculous. I took finals... Well, I should say take finals. I took three finals. I decided to skip on the fourth final. And guess what? 1D, that'll still get you a degree if you know what I'm saying. So I took three of my four finals. I didn't want to take the fourth one because it was ridiculous. And also, shout out to me not going to that class all year, still passing. Shout out. That's a shout out for in itself. But yeah, I'm uh, taking one class for spring semester and I'm already back to it. I actually skipped last week. Also, for anyone who's listening with their kids, I'm not advocating for you to skip class, but also, if you've been to college and you have kids, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, so I gotta go to class here in like an hour, which sucks, and then I have to go to work after that, in the gym, and all kinds of fun stuff. But I'm happy to be here with you guys. Shout out. I want to see Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And I swear, guys, I just need to do an entire movie podcast, and maybe sometime I'll get into that. But I want to give you my little bit of a review, especially because there's so many good movies. It's like the one good thing that came from COVID is now we got all of these movies that were a little bit backed up that are all just pop, 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 pop coming out at the same time. So we got a lot to look forward to. And that continues with the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 movie. Um, one thing that I think we can all appreciate about the Guardians movies is they've always felt a little bit different than the rest of the Marvel movies. I think part of that is the director, James Gunn. He is... uh, Yeah, I mean, he's really cool. He's a little bit of an odd guy. Not necessarily my style of movie, but he's done a really good job with everything that he's done. So he deserves but nothing but respect. As far as whether or not Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is good, I'll say this. It is the best Marvel movie since Endgame. Now, that's not to say it's as good as Endgame. Well, actually... Maybe not better than Spider-Man. But Spider-Man's half Sony, so I don't super count that one. And also, I have some major plot issues with Spider-Man. Anyway. Yeah. It's really, really good. Because it feels very different than the rest of the Marvel movies that we've received in the last three years. Definitely better than Ant-Man. Um, this one is a little bit of a tearjerker. 
they do a really good pacing the movie job pacing the movie and to be honest with you uh just to let you know it is close to two and a half hours but you know it's a good film when it is that long and not once do you think about it because not once did I, I mean towards the very end when the movie was ending i was like okay ready for this thing to wrap up and it wrapped up so I highly recommend this movie. I think it's really good. It's definitely worth going. And I know a lot of us have been disappointed with the Marvel movies over the past few years. This one does not disappoint. It's probably the funniest of the Marvels for the last three years as well. It's definitely funnier than Spider-Man. But again, that's what you get with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then let me say this to you. However you think this one ends, I promise you every character gets a great ending. I love how every single character's story ended. And not all of them ended in the way that you might think. Not everyone ended up with um, the groups or the people that you think that they will. But the whole movie is really good. Um, It's a little bit odd. I, I honestly, if I had young kids, I would probably watch it before taking them. Like, you know what your kids are afraid of and what they're not. And there's a lot of um, animal mutations in this movie. And it's honestly like a little weird. There's one or two parts that are a little gory. But again, if you don't have kids, then that's not the issue. But you know I'm talking to Andy and all his wonderful kids. So that's just how it is. But yes, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, no reservations. I didn't have any issues with it. I'd give it like a like a high seven, maybe low eight out of 10. So there you go. Okay. So I teased this at the beginning of the show, and this goes back to a take that I've had for a very long time, but I do believe that the Lakers could win two championships this year. Well, what does that mean? How does that make sense? Well, let me explain this to you. If you haven't gotten it through your brain already, you know that I believe Pretty much everything that happened in the sports world in 2020 didn't really count. Because if that's the case, I mean, outside of, like, that was Patrick Mahomes' absolute worst Super Bowl performance was on the other side. Or, yeah, bad Super Bowl performance. And then you had Baker Mayfield one play away from beating the Chiefs to go to an AFC title game. You had the Nuggets almost beating the Lakers to a GOAT Finals. You had Kelly Olynyk starting on an NBA Finals roster. You had Zach Wilson getting drafted number two overall. All of these crazy things that lead me to believe that because the circumstances were everything but normal, everything that happened as a result that first year, I just don't buy that much. Um, and the Lakers championship is one of them. And look, I like LeBron. I feel like most more than most Michael Jordan supporters, but I do not believe that that championship in the bubble counted because again, what's the caveat in the bubble? It was different. And again, work with what you've got play whoever it's, it's whoever's next. Right. And they did that. And I applaud them for that. But all I'm saying is, Let's not act like that counts or was the same level of difficulty as the rest. I get the mental health side to it all, whatever. Physically, the competition was not to the same level that it has been. So, here's the thing though. What if I told you Baker Mayfield next season goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he wins a championship? 
just for the sake of argument, just think about that. You would then say what? You would say, okay, maybe that time he was playing for the Browns and almost beat the Chiefs. Maybe that's a little bit more realistic than I believe. Because the reason these things don't seem legit is because all we've seen from the Lakers really to this point is either not making the playoffs at all or getting swept in the first round. But if the Lakers go on to win a championship this year and they beat uh, probably 76ers or Celtics, could be Miami, then you, I would be forced to look back and say, okay, maybe what happened in the bubble could have counted and it really wasn't that different. I think that's possible. I'm man enough to know when I'm wrong. And if the Lakers win a championship this year, I will absolutely retroactively go back and fight for that one to count against as many people as want to give an asterisk. So do with that what you will. All right, yesterday, we had a nice little game between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics to uh, level up and tie this thing at two apiece. This game was fun. Anytime you get to go to the to overtime in playoffs, I mean, overtime in general is fun, but overtime between two of the biggest brands in basketball, Boston, Philadelphia, Go to overtime. Series tied at two-piece. These teams have a long history over the past five years. Long history over the past 40 years. And this thing was close all the way down to the wire. There was a point at the middle to the beginning of the fourth quarter. Where it looked like the Celtics or the 76ers had this thing absolutely wrapped up. And there wasn't a whole lot that the Celtics could do. But then the tide started to change. And I started wondering, oh no. Am I going to wake up and have to talk about one of my least favorite uh, topics, which is, is Doc Rivers a choke artist? And I really don't love that because I do believe that Doc Rivers is a good coach. Sometimes, well, I'll say this. Part of it was overtime, part of it's playoff basketball, but these guys in Philadelphia did not look to have the same level of um, endurance and conditioning that Boston was playing with. And as a result, Boston was able to run up and down the floor. They were able to lock down on defense, which is why you saw so many times at the end of that fourth quarter, Joel Embiid tried to go into the paint. They would double him, and then the Celtics were able to get defense and hands up on the kick out to the three. Now, what was cool The antithesis to everything that I just told you was James Harden. And this story was cool for a number of reasons. I don't know if you guys saw this. So, James Harden scores 47 points, shoots 6 for 23, 6 for 9 from 3, 16 for 23, 6 for 9 from 3, 100% of the free throw line, 2 rebounds short, 2 rebounds and an assist short of triple double, and had 4 steals and a block. Um, but what's cooler than all of this is I don't, James Harden was able to connect with one of the victims of the shooting at Michigan state recently. And James Harden brought him and his family out there and they sat courtside and Harden gave him the shoes after the game. 
but it was cool because this is what sports are about. Um, I've been on quite a few dates in the last few weeks and some girls, when you tell them that you work in sports, they're like, Oh, that's really cool. And some of them do everything not to give you the eye roll. And I think it's because for a lot of us, if you're here listening to this right now, it's because you love sports, obviously. But the other reason is sports is the great escape for a little bit. At least we had a scare there with Colin Kaepernick for a while, but Sports is the great escape. And it's what allows us to come together as a people. It's a lot, what allows some of us to say, okay, yes, this situation sucks. But I'm going to sit right here and watch 76 or Celtics. And so it was really cool because this is what sports are about. This is what, again, our athletes are humans. Just in the same way that we all make mistakes, they make mistakes. But this was cool from James Harden. To bring this kid to the game and then to go off for near 50-point triple-double, that's cool. For James Harden to score the game-winning three and then in his post-game interview with Stephanie Reddy had nothing to say about anything he did on the floor that night. I don't know that Harden can keep this up because, frankly, Harden was non-existent in games one and two showed up a little bit in game three and then obviously showed out in game four but this is what sports are about now I think the Celtics are better than the 76ers but also Jason Tatum I feel like is the least talked about how much sometimes he struggles in these playoffs we don't really talk about it because he does what he does which is come alive at the end of this game ended up having 18 rebounds two crucial ones a huge block on a three-point kick out um, almost scored zero points in the first half and I feel like every now and then him and Jason uh, Jalen Brown trade off that role and who's here's what I'll tell you Jimmy Butler he is zero percent slowing down that kid has a a motor that does not quit so I worry about the Celtics a little bit for that reason is you can say what you want about the 76ers. You can call James Harden old, but at least he has an excuse. Whereas every now and then Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they trade off this thing where Jason Tatum is more talented, but Jalen Brown is hungrier So do with that what you will. Um, so we had a fun game, honestly, in Phoenix between the nut, the Nuggets and the Suns. We had fans being ejected. We had Nikola Jokic shoving an NBA owner. Um, big deal or no deal, Jokic's altercation with a fan. If you want to know what happened, here's what happened. Terrence Ross, to, from a nudge, from Nikola Jokic, goes out of bounds, ends up in the stands, fans catch him, Phoenix Suns older owner catches the basketball. Nikola Jokic comes out of bounds, grabs the ball from the owner, in the struggle, they're rip, trying to rip it out, the owner flips it back. And then the owner says, dude, what the heck? So Jokic takes his forearm and extends it into the owner's chest, pushes him back into a seat. Now, sold it a little bit, for sure. 
But also, if I'm at work and I did that in my place of employment, I went up to a customer or the owner of the company, either way, and I put my elbow into them, you best believe I might be not be getting ejected. They might send me home that day, but they'll definitely send me to HR. So Jokic comes out and goes, I thought that the NBA was supposed to protect us. I guess not. Yes, they are. That's why there's security to prevent people from what? Not being at the game from coming onto the court. If you're Jokic, I mean, look, it's, it's don't poke the bear. If you are Jokic and you walk out of bounds into the stands and a guy touches you, you have therefore forfeited your right to be protected because you went into the place where your protection is lacking. And it's not wrong for them to be at the game. Now, should the guy have touched Jokic? Obviously not. But also, Jokic pushed somebody as well. So let's not act like everybody's just on this dynamic playing field where Jokic didn't do anything and the guy just slugged him. That guy got ejected, which was ridiculous because they couldn't eject the owner. So the the Nuggets coaches were honestly so annoying to come over and say we want that guy gone. Um, so yeah, big deal or no deal. I hope Jokic doesn't get ejected or suspended for a game. I'm okay with him getting a fine. I think he should, but Jokic is the perfect reason for what's wrong with the Phoenix Suns. And again, there's a number of problems that we've outlined. Part of the issue is. The thing that the Nuggets do better than anyone else in the league is the one thing defensively that the Suns do worse than anyone else in the league. We would all agree that much of the scoring in the NBA outside of having Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid, it's from the wings. So if you can defend the wing and you can score from the wing, you can be successful in the NBA, obviously. Well, the issue that the Suns had for, honestly, a number of years, and they realized this when they went to the finals, was we need a little more star power. Which, agreed, they did need more star power. The problem was they gave up all of their wing defending and all of their three-point shooters for star power. So, Kevin Durant probably accounts, like, Scoring-wise, can account for two of those guys. However, he can't account for the third one. He also can't account for three separate people playing defense out on the wing. Now, you saw in that game what Landry Shamit was able to do from the three-point line. That's what these guys in Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, and Cam Johnson all used to do for Phoenix before the big trade. That is to say, these guys, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., and the rest of this Nuggets squad, they cannot get out to guard the perimeter. And that leaves, again, they could make up for this when when they had those guys to play defense. But now, DeAndre Ayton is one of the biggest liabilities in the NBA, and it has nothing to do with his talent or size. And it's pretty pitiful um 
the guy just can't play defense, frankly. And as a result, they're having to put some numbnuts McGee, number 11, whose name escapes me, onto, um, onto Jokic. And he... He he had he couldn't do anything, which is why Jokic went out and put up a fifty piece, and Jokic is that dude. But if you're gonna win this series, Aiton, you got to play defense. And at this point, my the issue with Aiton is the issue that again is very common in America today. Some people have all of the talent and none of the work, and it equates to this, which is Aiton should theoretically have the size to big body Jokic, but he can't. Because he's too worried about the shots that he's not getting or why something is or isn't his fault. He just, he doesn't care. And that's how it is. Um, This is just a PSA that I wanted to walk out there because it really frustrates me that people would even make this comparison. I've talked about this before, but Tim Duncan I was sitting around with the boys yesterday and people were trying to convince me that Nikola Jokic is better right now than Tim Duncan. That's interesting. Interesting. Okay, first of all, Tim Duncan averages averaged a double-double. Shot over, over 50% in his career. And that does not even include... Some of this other crazy stuff that we're going to get into. Now, is Jokic a better passer? Absolutely. But, Tim Duncan, 15-time All-Star. 15-time All-NBA. All-Rookie. Three-times Finals MVP. Two-time MVP. 15-times All-Defense. All-Star MVP. Rookie of the Year. And then, oh yeah... Five-time NBA champion. Now, again, Jokic is a better distributor of the basketball. Agreed. But, and if you want to argue to me that maybe if they played one-on-one that Jokic could beat Tim Duncan, I could give you that. Now, granted, I don't know that Jokic is the defensive player that Tim Duncan is, so we could have that discussion. However... The fact that it's just a foregone conclusion that Tim Duncan is not as good as Nikola Jokic is absolutely pitiful. Absolutely. And it's so frustrating. 15-time All-Star. 15-time All-NBA. Five-time NBA champ. Three-times Finals MVP. You know how many that Jokic has? Zero. Tim Duncan's got the same amount of MVPs. Um... And I think we would all agree that the NBA MVP does not mean what the NFL MVP means. But it just frustrates me that we live in this era where, like, I feel like we may do this with Tom Brady at some point. Like, if Mahomes never wins another championship, we'll just be like, oh, yeah, we'll just discredit the seven Super Bowls that Tom Brady won because Mahomes makes better highlights. Yeah, well, guess what? Tom Brady still has seven titles. And I love Patrick Mahomes. I think he's more talented at quarterback than Brady is. But talent doesn't mean championships. As we are currently seeing. Um, So, this is fun. Not really where I wanted things to go. 
But supposedly NFL scouts, NFL GMs are talking and around the league, the consensus is the belief is Anthony Richardson will start for the Colts week one. He will be a week one starter. I don't love this. Got a couple of issues with it. Um, but there's a couple of redeeming qualities. Here's my first issue. Just right off the top, the Colts really haven't had a successful quarterback since Andrew Luck. And even Andrew Luck could never stay healthy because he got, he got hit so much. And I would argue body strength-wise, athleticism, cannon-wise, like Anthony Richardson and Andrew Luck, pretty comparable. So if you're promising me you can protect Anthony Richardson, sure. And again, I like Anthony Richardson more than most people because people want to go and give you his touchdown-interception ratio, which I've discussed ad nauseum. Here's what I do like. Shane Steichen is the head coach in Indiana. Here's the good news. Justin Herbert's first year in the NFL. Guess who helped him out? Shane Steichen. Last year in Philadelphia, Guess who helped Jalen Hurts out? Go from good to MVP candidate. That would have been one Shane Steichen. So, if you're going to tell me you believe Shane Steichen will have a similar effect on Anthony Richardson, sure. I can rock with that. And the other good news is there's reports that the night before minicamp last week, Anthony Richardson was in the parking lot of the hotel throwing passes. So the guy obviously loves the game of football. He said he wants to be a Hall of Famer, but who doesn't? So let's see that. Here's the good news that I have for you. After week four, because again, everybody wants to go after his completion percentage. Everybody wants to go after his touchdown interception ratio. Here's what they don't tell you. After week four, again, the... And, and don't tell me that he had to play week one because he didn't play that many snaps the year before because Emory Jones was the starting quarterback. So I don't I don't want to hear this. Okay, you give him three you give him four weeks to warm up warm up. You know what his touchdown interception ratio was after that? 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. And even in that Utah game where you want to tell me da, 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 interception, this, that, and the other thing, he looked pretty good. The issue isn't that he's not a good football player, that he's not a good quarterback. The issue is the dude doesn't know how to read defenses. So he makes questionable decisions because he's completely relying on his body and not his brain and his eyes. Whereas Tom Brady didn't have the body, so he's 100% reliant on his eyes and his brain. And it worked out. Here's the comparison that I see. Anthony Richardson reminds you of who? Anthony Richardson reminds you of Josh Allen, who we would all say now is an MVP candidate. But we wouldn't have said that season one or season two of his career because we would say, well, I don't know. He just he makes questionable decisions. His completion percentages suck. Da 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 da. Fine. Look where he is now. And if you go and look at Anthony Richardson and Josh Allen compared, 
So Anthony Richardson last year, last year of college, 53.8. So 54%. Josh Allen's last year, 54%. Anthony Richardson, final year of college, passed for 2,500 yards. Josh Allen, 1,800. Touchdown interception ratio for Josh Allen his final year of college. 16 to 6. I told you after week 4 and and look Josh Allen had a year before that. Anthony Richardson's lone year in college. 15 and 4. I say, I say this just to say. Here's another one. Quarterback rating in college their last year, Josh Allen 128, Anthony Richardson, 131. I'm not telling you that Anthony Richardson is about to become the second coming of Cam Newton. I actually hope that he's not the second coming of Cam Newton because Cam Newton is a perfect example of what we're talking about with all talent, no eyes. I do think it's very possible that Anthony Richardson, if played the right way, and I pray that he doesn't have to be a starter week one because I, I look, saw how that worked in college it took him a couple games to figure it out and the NFL is not college football especially if you can't read defenses we've had pretty much one guy in the history of the league who played successful without reading defenses and that was Patrick Mahomes and he learned from Andy Reid so the whole narrative of not being able to read a defense didn't work for very long but also similar in college didn't read defenses relied totally on his arm and body and it worked out if Anthony Richardson learns, doesn't have to play week one, I don't know that you want to roll Gardner Minshew out there. I'm also just not sure. Yes, I think that Gardner Minshew is the best backup quarterback in the NFL. I don't know how good he is as far as teaching Anthony Richardson how to read these defenses. If you're going to tell me Shane Steichen can be that guy, I'll, I'll holler at that. Um... This is a fun story. Tom Brady is uh, reportedly walking away from his Fox Sports deal. I'm sure you'll see that out there in the media today. Kind of a dumb story. Supposedly, there was a New York Post podcast that was talking about how they've heard from guys that Tom Brady is kind of 51% in broadcasting, 49% out. And therefore... It's possible he's walking away from the deal, especially because we haven't heard anything and it's been a minute. Tom Brady came out and tweeted yesterday, fake news. I, And I'm so sick of people saying fake news that the connotation for that word, A, people don't like Trump, but B, I don't really care about that. People say fake news about things that they don't want to be true, but are true. And so it just frustrates me because... And again, I like Tom Brady, but I don't know how much I believe this just because it's something that everyone says. Um, we're going to rapid fire through the rest of these stories. Um, okay, so the Colts are suing the Commanders. You might be seeing this. Are the Commanders the new Browns? I mean, probably. Like, Look, can't win a football game. Division was winnable for them continue to lose games, continue to take their tank their own stock. And what's the one hallmark of the Cleveland Browns? What were they more than anyone else in the NFL at the time? One word. 
desperate. Well, the Commanders hit an all-time desperate because last season, supposedly, they called every single team in the league looking for a quarterback. And one person they called that wasn't a team was the agent of one Andrew Luck. Now, you might say, well, I thought Andrew Luck was retired. And also, I thought he his contract would have been over. So therefore, why do they have to call the Colts? Here's the rule. NFL rule is this. If you retire, whatever team you had a contract with when you retired, they then own your rights if you were to ever come back and play in the NFL. Ever. That's why when the Lions wanted Rob Gronkowski, they had to go through the Patriots because they held his rights. That's just how it works. So, the commanders are being accused of tampering by Jim Irsay on Twitter. Because if they had called Andrew Luck's agent, if the story's true and they called Andrew Luck's agent without calling the Colts, therefore they are victims of tampering. But this is also just really funny because they literally called any and everyone to get a quarterback because obviously they didn't want to roll out Sam Howell. They didn't want to roll out Carson Wentz. And they really have no idea what they're going to do at quarterback. It's funny. They've been drafting all of these Ohio State and Alabama uh, defensive lineman, and they still have no idea what they want to do at quarterback. So, fun story. Maybe they'll tank and get Caleb Williams or Drake May. We'll see. Okay, are you buying that Lamar Jackson, quote, didn't care for any other teams? Here's my major, major issue with this. I hate when people say it's one way when that benefits them, and then they take the high road with the same issue when that seems to benefit them. Here's why. You all wanted to say, everybody wanted to say when the whole thing with Lamar Jackson didn't work out and nobody was signing him. You know what everyone wanted to say? They all they all said it was collusion. They said, oh, well, the NFL is all getting together to make sure that Lamar Jackson can't get a job and it might be racist. Da, 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 da. It was all collusion. It was all conspiracy. Well, now that nobody wanted to trade for him and he got a deal done with the, the, the Ravens, it's well, he took the high road. Well, well, what is it? And you really didn't care for any of the other teams? Or is it any of the other teams didn't care for you? Here's what I will say. Congratulations to Lamar Jackson. I, again, you know, I am a man who can admit when I have been wrong. And I was wrong. Because I didn't think this deal was ever going to get done. I thought Lamar was going to go get a Walmart contract somebody else, somewhere else where... A lot of money in a place with no talent and no opportunity to win gets a deal done in Baltimore. You can argue what we could talk about whether or not that makes the Ravens look desperate contract kind of blows uh, Jalen hurts out of the water as far as the guaranteed money, which we talked about last week, but congrats to Lamar Jackson for getting this deal done because we all told him he wouldn't get done because he didn't have an agent and he worked it out. So good for him. Um, do you love that the Patriots trading a pick? Uh, do you love the Patriots trading a pick just to screw over the Jets? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so people are saying that the trade between the Patriots and the Steelers night one was uh, that basically the Patriots sold low, and then the Steelers swapped, went up with them to go take Broderick Jones. And report is that. The only reason that the Patriots did that deal 
was to say F you to the Jets because the Steelers were picking one guy ahead. And apparently the Patriots had inside information that the Jets were going to take Broderick Jones. And the Steelers did. I'm all for it. I think anytime, I don't know, I, I really, I mean, it. that sounds like something I would do with my friends if we're all sitting around the table playing a board game. And the NFL is a game. In reality, it's a business. It's cutthroat. So I'm all for the Patriots saying, hey, Jets, F you just because we want somebody else to have them instead of you and we want you to know that we hate you. I'm all here for that. Is it a big deal that Quinnen Williams isn't close to a deal? So Jets D-tackle coming off one of the best seasons of his career, 12 sacks, 55 tackles, four passes batted down. Um, it is a big deal. Here's why. Now, I realize that Money may be an issue when you start signing all of these guys in New York. Quinton Williams has been in there. This is his fifth year. Um, so this is last year. He's electing not to show up to voluntary workouts. Here's the reason it's a problem. Dexter Lawrence and Jeffrey Simmons, the D-tackle for the Giants and the D-tackle for the Titans, both from the same draft class, both just signed four-year extensions north of $90 million. Quinn and Williams was taken 15 picks ahead of both of them. So, yeah, it is a little bit of a big deal only because Quinn and Williams has a lot of bargaining power to look over and say, I was drafted ahead of these guys and they both got their extensions and I didn't. Again, there's going to be a lot of swirling opinions in New York. Some people, for some reason, still asking stupid questions about the narrative, about this. I just, I really, I'll, I'll leave that to myself. But people are still asking about this wish list that Aaron Rodgers gave. And Robert Salah is pretty tired of it. Look, I'm all for being petty with Aaron Rodgers, especially with people who deserve petty because they are petty. Robert Salah does not deserve petty. Robert Salah is a good coach. He's a serious guy. Very dry, very get to the point. So I'm not a huge fan of this move. Leave the man alone. But yeah, New York Jets is going to get a little bit interesting here in the coming months as Quinn Williams doesn't have a deal. And two guys from the same drive class, same position, have extensions north of $90 million. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Um, have a good rest of your Monday. We'll be back on Wednesday. I, I wasn't sure how this was going to go. Waking up early in the morning to do this before class but it worked out and uh yeah i appreciate you doing so have a good rest of your monday and we will talk wednesday cheers whoa